0: Welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Well, today is August the seventh, twenty nineteen. And I'm coming to you from Bogota, Colombia, and we are here in Colombia doing a pastor's conference. It's our second annual pastor's conference here in Colombia for local pastors to come and just to understand a little bit more about God's command to care for the vulnerable. And before I left for Colombia, I had the opportunity to sit down with Lynn Beckett. Lynn has been on our team at Lifeline for many decades and has so much experience in post-adoption as well as social work, working with families and children. And Lynn is a a manager of our education specialties, especially when it comes to foster care and international adoption. And one of the things that we just wanted to talk to Lynn about is if you can believe it, it's already time to go back to school. And so we wanted to talk to Lynn about how to transition your children from summer back into school. And if many of you may have caught the podcast on June 25th, where Lynn and I sat down and talked a little bit more about how to help your kids throughout the summer months where there's less structure, but now we're going from a time of less structure into a time of more structure. And so we want to present today on the Defender podcast, ways to transition your children from summer back to school. Be on the lookout as well for our high five email. We actually released that two days ago on August the 5th. The high five email is an email that comes out every month on the fifth day of the month that helps you know how to connect with Lifeline. It gives you opportunities to connect from an engagement standpoint, connect through like our family reunion or with our post-adoption program and our counseling program. And one of the things that if you received the high five two days ago on Monday, August the 5th, you received a downloadable lunch note box guide that will help you connect with your child through words of encouragement as they're going back to school. If you're not currently receiving the high five, email us at infolifelinechild.org and say that you would like to be added to the high five distribution. Again, that's our monthly email that comes out on the fifth of the month. And this month, make sure you go back and see if you can't get that by emailing us at info at Lifeline Child because you can get these downloadable note boxes that will be sure to help you. So be on the lookout for the Lifeline High Five. Well, Lynn, we're grateful to have you joining us here on the Defender Podcast, and You know, one of the things we wanted to get back together, and it seems like summer has just flown by, and it really was only a month and a half ago that you and I were sitting down talking about how to transition these kids from the structured environment of school, now over into the non-structured of vacations, of summer, of, of the lazy, hazy days of summer. But now we're talking about just helping people get back into school. And so help us just to remind us about who you are and your role at Lifeline and how people can connect with you if they have questions from either the podcast we had on the 25th or today's podcast.
1: Right. Absolutely. So I serve here at Lifeline in the counseling and education department, developing materials for families when they come home with their placements and also for families who are providing foster care services for our children in community. So, I um, can always be reached here at Lifeline at lifelinechild.org, or through um, the main number here at Lifeline at the 205-967-0811 number. Would love to connect and talk with families. Uh, One of the things I enjoy the most is troubleshooting um, and brainstorming with families on issues that they may have and challenges they may face with their children and behavior. Um, So we'd love to hear from our families out there.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I just to put a plug in there, you know, one of the things that uh that I just love about Lynn Beckett is one, she really does like to be in those trenches with families to troubleshoot. Uh, one is I know that she knows the God that has the answers. And so certainly she's not coming to you as somebody who says, oh, I've got it all figured out, but someone that is prayerful, someone that's seeking the Lord through his word. And so uh, just so appreciate Lynn and her husband, Brian, and the, the richness by which they've raised their girls and the richness by which they live their life. And so what a what a great advocate Lynn is to have in the trenches with your families and, and the testimony of so many families who have just said what a calming influence you were in that time of, of just transition in that time where you feel like your hair's burning. Um, so, I know you want to be there for these families and and just also to let people know, and we're going to hit this a little bit more at the end of this podcast. There are other resources, blogs, webinars that you have done as well that we have on our website for other types of topics as well.
1: Right. And um, we won't have time today even to get into the deeper issues of school and back to school. So we're going to hit some of the highlights today, but those other deeper resources, more detailed resources are available on our website.
0: That's right. So we know, like we talked about even on the summer, transitions are always difficult for our kids. You know, any transition, and, and obviously we know that children that come from institutionalization or from hard places or from trauma, obviously a routine and a schedule tends to be what they thrive and function in the most. And, and we even talked about for the summer to try to get some predictable points for your child, a snack or just a, a predictable time schedule so they know what to expect. So we think in our minds, well, they're going back to school, so we're going back to the predictable. But the truth of the matter is that can be just as daunting as leaving school is is starting school again. It can bring apprehension. Obviously, there are new teachers, uh, a new class, new people in that class. So it really is change all over again, even though the routine will come as they're in class a couple of weeks. Those first couple of weeks are crucial. So talk us through just what you would tell a family as they get ready to transition their kids back to school.
1: Right. I think some of the things that... um, we need to begin to do is a couple of weeks out before the beginning of school is um we've been in that maybe more relaxed schedule of summer and so moving back toward the bedtime wake time and preparing our children to get them ready for uh that first school day when they have to wake up early so um Beginning to move those bedtimes back a little, get more in regulation uh, with that would be a goal. I would want maybe even that week before school that everybody's in that routine. And I think beginning to practice what that morning routine is like. That can often be a time of chaos and stress for families trying to get everyone up and dressed and ready for the day and out the door. So some of the things that you can do to put in place is make sure um, that the children know what you expect them to do and for the younger children providing a pictorial schedule of first uh, get dressed make your bed have your breakfast brush your teeth Uh, for older children you can do that with uh, um, with words and post that in a prominent place and you may even begin to practice that you know practice getting the grabbing the backpacks and the coats and the things Um, I think Also, we want to make sure because our children are wired differently, because there's been trauma that has literally changed their brain and body chemistry, it is very important that we give our children a very good start to the day. And that comes with a healthy breakfast. So we want to make sure that we're going to avoid those sugary breakfast foods that are nutrient sparse. And we want to make sure that our children have um, a breakfast that's going to include a good protein now this is where our families may have to think out of the box a little bit so if a child wants a hot dog for breakfast if that beef hot dog is going to be the thing that they will eat to get protein in them then um, be a little flexible with that and i would sit down with um, uh, your children and even talk through what do you like for breakfast what's your favorite what will you eat and uh, have a list of those foods and have them ready in the pantry for them and the same is with snacks um, getting those snacks ready for the day for the school day most schools have uh, breaks during the day when children can have snacks making sure that we have snacks that are healthy and that have that protein uh, making sure that you're sending snacks that the children are actually going to eat, um, but that's going to provide them with a good boost to keep those blood sugars level so that they don't have dips in that. Um, And so those are some things. And then as you... As you anticipate those crazy mornings you may even do a little bit of role play and you can get really silly with this but practice Uh uh-oh my favorite shirt is in the laundry so let's do a little problem solving before we actually hit a crisis you know and helping your child navigate some of those hard things that might hit in the mornings Um, you know my brother took the last sausage and egg biscuit what's my choice for breakfast this morning making sure that we have alternates so that we can um, manage those unexpected things and make those unexpected things almost predictable and expected. So those are some things that um, we can do to be proactive and troubleshoot as we prepare. And then sometimes I think that as we think about moving back into that school schedule, oftentimes We do focus mainly on the morning and prep for the morning, but preparing for returning home in the afternoon is just as important. And so I know that our kids oftentimes hold themselves together during the day. And many parents um, just express puzzlement that if they can behave so well during the day for their teachers, why do they fall apart you know, as soon as they get in the car? And we have those meltdowns. And so let's be proactive in um, returning home and making sure that we have some things in the car available for the children. And that may be making sure we have water bottles, again, another good snack for them, depending on how their lunch filled during the day. It may be hours since they've eaten something. And then we wanna have some calming things um, that bring down their anxiety levels. So we know that chewing gum and suckers um, provide some good calming, that deep motion of chewing, can be calming. I know some moms who keep a whole bag of bazooka bubblegum in the back of the van and if your child needs two or three pieces to give them that satisfaction of deep chewing and calming then that's going to bring their levels uh, of anxiety and stress down and help them with that. Um, sucking is also a calming activity that can help your child and so being aware um, that your child has been Um, through um, some stresses during the day uh, will go a long way in helping you reconnect with your child at the end of the school day. Um, You know, I remember, Herbie, that when I got home from school, a rule that we had in our family was homework first before play. But for our children, we may need to flip that. They may actually need some play, some swinging, some jumping on the trampoline, again, to work out some of the stresses of the day, bringing their cortisol levels down before they can begin to function again um, in that logical part of the brain where they need to be um, as they're doing their homework and settling into that routine. We know um, that the National Sleep Foundation recommends that for children between the ages of five and 12, they need 10 to 11 hours of sleep. I can't believe that. And then even for our teenagers, 13 to 18 years of age, they need eight and a half to nine and a half hours of sleep. So all of this scheduling is um, making sure that they're getting the rest they need in the evenings before we even start that day um, to set them up for success.
0: And I know, you know, even in our home, we, we tease around, I I actually need less sleep than my wife. And so to her, sleep is so important for our children. And I've been always the one that's, ah, it's okay. But really, when we talk about these for All of our children sleep is so important, and you know I I loved what I heard Pastor John Piper say one time is that when we go to sleep, it proves that we're not God. You know, because when we look at the Word of God, it says that He neither slumbers nor sleep. But our limitation is we need rest, and for our kids, we want to take every obstacle out that could be possible. And so, if they're sluggish, if they're tired, if they're non-restful, and then they're going to go have a whole day of of ups and downs from school because. Even while there's a, a schedule that's there more routine, you also enter in peers and the unexpected that all, always can happen in school. And so we want to make sure we equalize things. And I, I think that's such, such a good sage wisdom on, on sleep and on nutrition. You want to equalize everything out that could be a, a, a regular uh, you know inhibitor and make sure that you're sending them on the very best possible way and and some of the things too that you just said is is helping our kids with their expectations and to know what to expect as they go in and and school can be uh, unexpected because there can be difficult relationships that they deal with there can be you know maybe a teacher that is is creating an environment that's not as conducive so talk a little bit about kids one going to a new school so it's not the same school they went to last year maybe it is the same school it's just a different classroom new teachers and then difficult peers what, what are some suggestions you'd give along those lines
1: right i think that um for all of our children um going back into school even if they're going to the same school they were in last year As you said, they can be in a different classroom, a different hall of the school. And so contacting the school and seeing if you can bring your child in during a time when there's not a lot of hustle and bustle. I know that there's going to be a regularly scheduled meet the teacher day. Um, But for our children, they may need one two maybe even three days of visiting that school even prior to the regularly scheduled day walking the halls reminding them where the cafeteria is finding the library the art room the music room the gym just to give that reminder for them and certainly for our older children they may be transitioning to a place where they're going to be changing classes and that can be um, anxiety producing so getting those schedules ahead of time from the teachers and practicing um, getting that working memory going for our kids to visit those rooms practicing where my locker is how do i get my lock or my lock undone uh, working on all those things that could create anxiety for our children and our children do oftentimes um, need help with some social skills Uh, many times our children do not know how to communicate what their needs are. And so we know that the way they communicate sometimes comes out through their behavior so if we can be proactive and think through how can i help my child navigate that new teacher who may not know that when i begin to get anxious i start tapping my pencil on the desk you know mrs jones last year knew that and she knew to hand me a fidget when that was happening so for parents too it's beneficial to go in ahead of time to um, let the new teacher know uh... these are my child's issues these are my child's needs this is what has worked well for us in the past talking with the teacher about can there be a calming space for my child in the classroom um, if they become overwhelmed and then beginning to teach your child some scripts so instead of um, taking an assignment that's just been given and saying this is dumb this is stupid you know I don't want to do this uh, when really what they're feeling is wow there are a hundred math papers on this page i am overwhelmed you know And so giving them some scripts and words they can use to communicate their feelings I'm feeling overwhelmed I don't understand this assignment can you help me please rather than using some negative terminology that might be interpreted wrongly by the teacher so helping your child learn to navigate that and certainly time with peers um, can be difficult so doing some role play with your child and how to make a new friend you know what's your name what do you like like to do? What do you like to play? You know, who's your favorite superhero? Um, And so helping your child learn to make friends and how to do that will equip your child to better navigate those types of things. Helping your child learn um, and manage disappointment when they are not able to be the line leader every day and um, helping them problem solve those ahead of time so that they don't have meltdowns during the day.
0: And then I think just something that's so important in what you have said is don't assume just because your child navigated school last year that everything that you taught them on how to navigate school, they're going to remember. I mean, the atrophy of the summer, of just not putting those things into practice, just be reminded that you've got to go through and do those role plays again, even if they feel redundant. That the atrophy of the summer and and just the ability to kind of not have to be on guard, a lot of our kids forget, oh, I've got to, here's what a social skill, here's some of those social cues. So constantly reminding our kids about those social cues that'll come up and and one of the things that even as we were talking before that that just kept coming to mind is screen time. You know, I think in the summer there's so much more screen time, maybe more TV or more movies or a device and and we need to remember that that those devices can inhibit rest, can inhibit thinking. And so just something else to think about is to start limiting screen time in getting our kids ready for school and in something they're gonna have to learn. And I know now schools are introducing screens as textbooks and screens for, for kids, but but making sure that you regulate that screen time because especially for our kids have come from hard places those lights and the just the the em- emissions coming from those screens can do something to their brain and inhibit their ability to learn and so I know that's important so obviously as we're entering back into school and we've talked a little bit about you know making sure our teachers know those cues and those signs but also for for some of our kids, they are going to new schools. Uh, And I know we're going to talk a lot more about this in another podcast, but we also want to make sure that we know what the services of those schools are and that the the, the institution, the principals, the teachers know any special characteristics of our children. So how would you go about in a way that isn't embarrassing to our children, especially in front of their peers, in front of them, but Allowing those teachers and administration know some of the special characteristics of our children.
1: Right, that's when I would ask for an individual meeting with your teacher and knowing who is on your child's team and who's going to be interacting with your child throughout the day and letting them know, as I said earlier, you know, these are some of the characteristics of my child. These are some things that my child may struggle with, transitions, school assignments, um, and working with the teacher, and our teachers are fabulous about accommodating the needs of our children. Um, And so making them aware of as i said earlier this is when i know my child's anxiety level is rising this is what makes my child nervous Uh, these are some things that we've done to help my child calm and even working with your child i loved how you talked about remediation uh, because we do forget things over the summer so your child may have had some calming strategies uh... in the previous school year that they need to learn again some deep breathing exercises you may need to remind them of how sitting at their desk they can do a chair pull-up or chair push-up just to do some deep muscle exercises calmly and quietly in their desk that can begin to help them calm down. But also the um, cafeteria workers need to be aware of your child's needs and what um, is helpful um, during the day. Uh, the bus driver, the uh, those who are going to be interacting in art and music, the gym teacher definitely needs to know that if they're teaching basketball and your child gets an elbow uh, where any other child knows that's just part of the game, for some of our children coming from a place of trauma, that elbow in the basketball game may trigger a serious meltdown. And so helping our um, school staff know those things. Also getting um, some weekly schedules ahead of time from your teachers so that you can prepare your child in the morning for transitions. And that will help the teacher as well. So knowing that, okay, remember today's Wednesday, we have art class. Today's Thursday, we're going to go to music instead. It's Friday, So you may have a pep rally at school today and sometimes those unexpected things that are fun for the general population of the school for our kids can be um, difficult to navigate. So making sure there's good communication between home and the school so that you at home can help prepare your child. Um, I know that one family when it was prep pep rally day, they knew to send their child's weighted vest to school because that helped the child participate in the activity. But that weighted vest helped to bring down their anxiety level as the volume rose in the gym during the pep rally. And there was a lot of visual stimulation um, that was um, hard for their child to navigate. So I think keeping those lines of communication open between home and school is going to be really, really helpful um, as you're working on getting ready for the school year.
0: And I, and I think we've got to remember, and, and you said it so well, you are your child's number one advocate. Yes. And so in all of these things, we have to make sure we're advocating for our children. Most of the time, they're not going to be ab- able to advocate for themselves. Or if they do, teachers, administration. Bus drivers, cafeteria workers don't understand uh, the way they may be advocating for themselves. So make sure you're advocating for your child. And all of these things we've been talking about, predictability and stressors, but one of the major unpredictable things about school are assignments. Yes. And those assignments, even if they're on a syllabus, can bring unpredictable results in our children because of the difficulty or, or maybe it's hitting an area where a child doesn't, Uh, excel in. So I know you've got some tips about assignments and what parents can do to help their child work on school assignments in particular.
1: Right. I think, again, this is where communication with the school is key. And different schools have different levels of understanding um, how families are created and that families are different. So um, talking with the teacher about language that they use so that our children who are in care and our adoptive children aren't being made to feel different or singled out. And so there are some uh, assignments that hit at certain uh, grade levels and time periods. So for example, in the kindergarten, early elementary years, there's often um, a student of the day where you're asked to bring in baby pictures and do a poster of yourself so for our children who are in care through fostering and our adopted children they may not have those pictures there may be a gap in that so helping the teachers understand that there needs to be um, alternate arrangements and alternate assignments some of um, their classmates may not know that they're adopted and our children fluctuate between Uh, wanting people to know they're adopted and not wanting people to know they're adopted and so making sure that there are assignments that are alternate assignments they can choose if they don't want to be that adopted child the family tree is another um, assignment that can often be difficult for our children in care and for our adopted children so again being creative in the way we handle that where we can create roots for the tree or maybe for our children who are in care through fostering, maybe they create a forest where they have trees that are their support network, and they can include their right now family, the foster family in that forest. They can include their birth family. They can include special mentors and coaches that are important in their life. So helping teachers be sensitive to the students that that are in their class and as you advocate for your child it is very likely that there are other children in that classroom that this will benefit as well Um, then we hit the high school years where we get into genetics and uh, that can be really difficult for um, our adopted children um, who may not have any social history of their background or past may not even have pictures of their birth parents and so helping a teacher understand okay what is the goal of the assignment is to understand genetics and so we can do that through plants we can do that through maybe even tracking um, famous pa- famous uh, celebrities or royal families we can trace their genetics where the focus doesn't have to be on uh, the child specifically where they're having to deal with the loss and the grief of not having this information. Right,
0: and so I think that's just a, a big thing again, as an advocate, making sure that we're protecting the hearts of our children, the hearts and the minds of our children, but also being willing to be creative because at the end of the day, just like you're talking about in biology, when you're talking about genetics, the point is not necessarily looking at your genetics, but as your genetics are an example to help you see the bigger picture. And so just, just thinking ahead of those things, Asking for syllabuses, especially in higher education in high school, because they they usually the teachers do have a syllabus. You you have a lesson plan. They know what they're going to to be going through, and so uh, and we have to remember that while we've been educated and while we're living in this world, most teachers aren't living this on a day by day basis. Most schools aren't thinking about this on a day by day basis, and so I know you even have some tips about helping schools think through hey, we've got foster children, we have adopted children in our school, and we can be more friendly to that. So talk a little bit about helping your school have a more positive adoption and foster care uh, reception.
1: Right, I think um, one of the things that we start with is language and making sure that we're helping the community that we're in understand positive adoption language so rather than referring to um you as an adoptive parent are you their real parent um are you their natural parent you know we want to um i'm a parent through adoption or rather than labeling a child as a foster child helping a teacher understand that we would rather say this is a child in care and i'm their right now family um especially when they begin to speak about, know, if they know the child is adopted and they talk about birth parents, why did your parent give you up? You know, We wanna talk in that positive language of my parent made an adoption plan for me. And so helping uh, our communities to begin to understand that the terminology that's used can often carry some negative uh, connotations to it. Um, also checking with the school librarian and seeing how many books are in the library that address adoption that address fostering and um, if there's a sparseness there if she's able to add um, some books to the list you can provide her with some good resources lifeline has resources available we can give you book lists for that to help build up that library or even in the classroom if the teacher needs some books on how how families are made how families are created and um, how even cultural diversity for many of our families is an issue and so those are some things that you can do to be a positive influence not just for your child that year but an ongoing lasting influence again for children coming behind and to impact the whole school and the culture of your school that's right
0: and i, and I think just an important thing for all families to remember is that most people that are coming up to you are not trying to be nasty or hurtful. They're really just trying to be interested and take interest in your family. And sometimes they are not educated on how their interest could be Hurtful. Now there are also those people who are just outright nasty and mean at times, and so just making sure that we're able to help our child even navigate through. Okay, this is someone who is purposely being hurtful, and this is someone who's just interested in taking an interest in you. Well, I know that today there is so much more that we could say, and certainly this is an exhaustive topic. But I want to encourage you that there are other resources. While this podcast is just scraping the top, there. There's so many other resources that Lynn has developed and our team has developed to help you and your child navigate back into school. So the first place you can go, if you go to lifelinechild.org and you go to our counseling and education section, there's a tab that says what we do. And under that what we do, you will find an article called the ABCs of back to school. And so again, lifelinechild.org. If you'll go to the counseling and education section, there's a tab on the website that says what we do, and you will find An article called The ABCs of Back to School. We'll also have that direct link in our show notes. So if you'll look there, you can get that direct link to the ABCs for a successful start back to school. And then also, Lynn was able to do a one hour webinar with many additional topics and resources that will help navigate these school issues. If you'll also look in the show notes, we'll give you a direct link to that webinar that could be helpful. And hopefully, you won't just access these resources under the show notes for your own family but you will share them with others. We produce these resources Ultimately, to equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel on a daily basis to their children and to other families, and so use these resources, and then also be ready and tune in to the podcast on Wednesday, August twenty eighth. We will actually have Dr. Rick and Ann Mara Hinton on the podcast. Ann Mara is our education specialist, and she will be discussing more unique educational methods and programs that can help build better brain connections in your children. And so, many of the times, our children that are coming from hard places. We can use different interventions with them to help open up their mind to the learning that they will receive. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're in Birmingham and you're a foster care family, know that we also have our foster care blitz. It's a half day CEU, which will get you those needed CEUs, but we're going to dive more deeper into how we navigate children our navigate school for our children in care. And so that's going to be in September 28th. Again, it's a half day. And if you'll just keep checking out our website, there'll be more details under our uh, family unification and foster care section on how to register. And again, that's on September 28th. It's our foster care blitz. And that's for all Birmingham area or anyone who can get to Birmingham. It's a half day CEU that's going to dive deeper in how to navigate school for your child. And then just as one more reminder, like we said, two days ago, we dropped our high five and the high five is the monthly email that comes out on the fifth day of the month. And it's a way to get connected with Lifeline, but it's also a way that we can resource you. And so one of those great resources on the high five that came out on August the 5th was these downloadable lunch box notes that will help you make connection with your child through your words of encouragement while they're at school. And so if you got the high five, make sure you go back to that and get those downloadable lunch box notes. If you are not receiving the high five, will you email us now at info at and say, I'd like to receive the high five. And if you want to receive the one that came down on August the 5th, just say, can you resend the one that came out on August the 5th? And our team will be grateful to do so. So make sure you look in show notes because there'll be lots of links today for you to be able to connect and get more information. We were so grateful for Lynn Beckett, for her ministry at Lifeline, and for the time today to talk to us about transitioning our children back from summer to school and know ultimately and hopefully you can hear in the heart of Lynn and I know it's the heart of our team know that while we may not be praying for you by name we are praying for you as our families in these hard transitions because ultimately lifeline we're not just hoping to place kids into your home we're hoping that ultimately you will disciple them to know the word of God and to thrive as godly young men and young women